Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers pulling out of their backsides, 23-20. to 20. Such a classic game in Cincinnati, right? That will be... How <laughs> much do you think the Bengals hate the Steelers? Bengals fans? How much? Like, seriously, put yourself in their shoes. How much do they just hate the Steelers? Okay, we had this conversation partially yesterday. Do you think they hate us more than the Browns? Hate steal the Steelers. It's got to be almost even, if but, not but more so on Cincinnati side. Just because in recent memory, you lose car. I mean, in the last like fifteen or so years, you you lose Carson Palmer playoff game, playoff game. Vontez Perfect and Pac Man Jones are the world's biggest idiots playoff game in the world. Uh, no other playoff games, but then you have this game season opener. Yeah, I, I've never seen a team have such misfortune against one other team like the Bengals have had in the, against the Steelers in the last two decades or so. This one obviously doesn't hurt as badly as the Palmer or the um, perfect perfect game because there was so much more weighted on those games. It yeah. might sting fresher now for Cincinnati fans, but when they can realize that it's not as big of a deal, it's still you're just zero one. You know, you you could have been zero one against the Steelers in a normal fashion. It's just the fact that it's always in such gut wrenching, yeah. heart ripping I mean, out fashion. Like it can't feel good. Like there, it's why teams just. Get uneasy when another team comes into their stadium. You have to hate seeing the black and gold if you're in the orange and black. Do you think the Bengals would have hated this loss nearly as much if the Steelers somehow held on to that lead, that 17-3 to lead? Like if they fell short again? Like if they didn't get it to Jamar yeah. Chase in the end zone? Like Or the if the Steelers scored another touchdown, right? And it was or a 20, field goal even. It was 27-14. Yeah. Or they get a first down after they yeah. forced the fir first uh Turnover on downs, yeah, and, and ice the game there. Yeah, then it's yeah, it's just a normal loss that you just felt that short you on. you couldn't get into the end zone, and then the Steelers took advantage and were able to. They had like the three, they had like three or four chances to win that game, and they the Steelers to, you know, on the other side of things had a couple chances to win that game that they failed on as well, but just unbelievable to miss that extra point or to get it blocked, then to miss that field goal right after when you get your redemption, you can't write a script like that. It was one of the most dramatic games I've ever seen in, in not just Steelers history, me watching the team, but in the NFL. It was so crazy and upside down. And there was some crazy and upside down around the NFL this past week too, but I think that game just took the cake. We were As we were talking there in the open, though, 
you know, there was chances for the Steelers as well to ice this game and make it less dramatic for their, for their sake and for our heart's sake. And they just couldn't capitalize. And, you know, you thought, or at least I did, that the offense wasn't going to look like gangbusters right away. There was going to be some struggle. There was going to be some first-game jitters some rust. maybe. Yeah, or maybe not rust, but just, like, timing. It's tough to get timing down. Mm-hmm. You know, Mitch has been around these guys, these guys and this team for months now, but, like, this is now legit, like, okay, CBS is here. It's 1 p.m. I'm running out of a stadium again for a team as a it's starting September. quarterback. Yeah, like, it's September. It's not like, August. This is my chance now, and I think maybe you saw a little bit of nerves there. And you obviously want to see, especially when the Steelers' defense forces that turnover on downs initially, to get a first down and ice that game. That's what just adequate offenses need to do, and that's all this Steelers team needs to do is be adequate on offense. But the one positive I'll give them right off the jump here, okay, protected the football. They yes. made sure that yes. any time the Bengals got the ball back, it was off the foot of Presley Harvin or after you scored points yourself. There was no... Momentum changing, turnover. Mitch did a good job protecting the ball. The running backs did a good job keeping the ball secure. I think that was probably the number one creed established by Tomlin heading into this game offensively, Mm -hmm. and they did a fantastic job of doing that. Now, uh, Charlie Batch was talking on the postgame show, like the only pass he can even remember from Mitch that was kind of forced in there. I don't know about that. Was the time he threw it into Fryermuth before the big Fryermuth completion, and it was incomplete. But they're just trying to. You're just trying to make a play at that. Even point. even the Fryermuth completed pass. Yeah, could have been intercepted. But that point, I'm cool with him forcing stuff in there. I mean, now it's it's time to win the game. And yeah, I mean, you've had so many. Cha- you've been at the altar of death so many times. Are you really worried if you throw an interception? Like you're saying, it's just like, can we just end this game with somebody winning it, please? Or, you know what? Screw it. Tie. I don't care. Just tie. But he forced it when he had to, took chances when he had to, but for the most part, he protected that rock. And I think that was a huge factor in the Steelers gaining victory. Yeah, that and the fact that you compare the offensive line in Cincinnati to Pittsburgh, seven sacks allowed by Cincinnati, only one sack allowed by the Steelers' offensive line. I know that there were times where Mitch had to escape the pocket, and yeah, if it weren't for him or or his mobility, there would have been more, but that's why you went out and you got Mitch Trubisky in the first place, so that you could have a younger, more mobile quarterback than the guy that you had kind of left with Ben Roethlisberger. And a lot of the scheme was designed to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly uh, to mask that offensive line. And I think that's exactly what you needed to do. Uh, Canada has to be creative with this offense. He's got to be able to, you know, scheme around some poor offensive line pass protection, moving the pocket, using Mitch's mobility, getting out of getting the ball out of Mitch's hands quickly on his first or his second mm-hmm. read. And you saw that to a decent amount of success. And I, I think, you know, when Mitch only averages 5.1 yards uh, per completion and his 21 completions only go for 194 yards, that's that's telling you that they're not really they're, – they're being very frugal with their pushing the ball down yes. the field chances. Yeah, and that is kind of – I think what a lot of fans had a problem with yesterday was this is just a copy-and-paste offense from what you saw last year where either you're – getting a subs of the offensive line, or you're throwing behind the sticks on third down and long, or you're just playing the back foot and going long. There was no <clears throat> consistent middle-of-the-field attacking by the offense, and I, I kind of disagree with, with the majority of fans there. I think 
The offense, yeah, it, it, it probably reminded you of the offense you saw last year. And w- with the game circumstances, the five turnovers, and you barely came away with a win, it reminded you a lot of the game in 2019 when the Seagulls went into San Francisco. Again, won that turnover battle 5 to nothing, but came away with a loss. So I understand why people were frustrated because there weren't 40 points on the board because you had all these opportunities via turnovers. But I still think the offense looked a lot more fresh than it did in 2021. Yeah, I agree with that. My biggest gripe with the offense and the offensive line, it doesn't come with the passing game. It comes with the running game. Yeah. I wanted to see more lanes and I wanted to see more push up front for you know, your more traditional style of run. And credit to Canada for continuing to run the ball when it wasn't going well for getting Chase Claypool involved on six carries for 36 yards. I mean, that's six yards per carry. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good. He had a 15-yard run as well. So kudos to you to get creative to scratch out 75 yards as a team on the ground. But 10 carries for 23 yards for Najee Harris, only averaging 2.3 yards per carry, is something I really didn't want to see. No. Especially because he was in my DK fantasy line. Oh, but stuff. Yeah, he got a touchdown. So I mean, it's not he, like he was the yeah, worst. Right. But I, I just wanted to see more push up front. I want to see that run game really take over in the offense. I think that opens up a lot of things for Mitch. It makes his life easier. And I think if you have a success running the ball, when you get that strip sack that you had to settle for the field goal after the flea flicker, you punch that thing in the end zone Mm -hmm. and the game's over there. So my biggest gripe offensively really doesn't come down to Canada's offense. It doesn't come down to Mitch's play. It comes down to that offensive line's ability to run block. It, It was lacking. And the running game in general was kind of uninspiring again. And I think that we would have all said going into the game, going into Mitch's era as the quarterback, you want to rely on a strong defense and a really good running game to kind of have to the ability to hide your quarterback and then use him opportunistically. And you didn't get that chance because you were almost forced to be one-dimensional, forced Mitch into throwing 38 times. And those 38 passes, you weren't too particularly happy with. Just because, again, I think Mitch was not like a welcome to the NFL rookie moment, but it was welcome to becoming a starter again moment, I think. And you're entering a very physical rivalry here. You're on the road here. And it's an offense that doesn't really know what its identity is quite yet. I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of star power, but no one has a real read on what this offense actually is or or what what it can consistently do. And I don't think you will unless they can get some semblance of a consistent ground game going. I think that, you know, we talked about our biggest, you know, factors heading into the game on Friday's episode. You got to be able to establish the run early so that you can really toy with those linebackers and suck them in with the play action Mm -hmm. and and have the open of have the middle of the field really open up for your offense and open up for your quarterback, Trubisky. And you just couldn't get that aspect of your game going other than Chase Claypool on some end arounds, which, again, I like that you instill that and you find a way to creatively get some ground yards to help out your offense and help you stay ahead of the chains. But you got to see it more consistently from Najee and more of a commitment to Najee, too. I know he got hurt and was was dealing with some injury throughout that game, but I think just if you're going to have success in this 2022 campaign – Offense needs to score more than 20 points in regulation. I think we'll get to a point where we'll see a lot of what happened on Sunday happen throughout the year where you just need that extra field goal to get to 23, or you just need that extra touchdown to get to 27, Mm -hmm. and you'll probably be pretty in good shape. Haven't 
seen them do that in just this one game yet where they can really get that final, you know, insurance push over the line to really ice a game. But again, it's one game. So you take in uh, the lesson that you learned here and you hopefully move on. And when you get this opportunity, probably next week, I assume next week's going to be pretty close against New England. You learn from it and you get that extra field goal. You get that extra touchdown to really ice it for your defense. Yeah, I I think it's a little more complicated than that just because when you when you're driving to get that extra touchdown or you're driving to get that extra field goal, it requires a drive, right? And that that last possession the Steelers had in regulation before the Bengals got the ball back yet again to tie the game. The pass that sticks out on that drive was that pass to uh Fryermuth that was completely overthrown. Mhm. And just way over his head. If the ball, I, I don't know why the ball was thrown over his head when he's running that slant route. All he had to do was throw it to the sideline, and he's he can extend away from the defender and then easily get that extra one or two yards. So, to me, I understand the sentiment. You want to get that extra touchdown. You want to get that extra field goal, but that requires moving the ball down the field. And unfortunately, yet again, the Steelers only showed. The, the ability to do that once or maybe even twice. And then those two touchdown drives that we saw, or the, or the two longer scoring drives that we saw, one that resulted in a field goal, one that resulted in a uh, a touchdown, they didn't cover that many yards when you think about it, right? I think the touchdown drive covered, what, 50 yards, and the other field goal drive that had the flea flicker play on it covered only about 40, 45 yards. So these aren't long, methodical six, seven, eight-minute drives that the Steelers are, are producing. It's it's in short field because of a defensive opportunity that was created. So I understand, again, I understand that the, the want or the need for these better drives, but what you saw yesterday, I mean, I, it's the first it's the first game of the season, so let's not think, let's not extrapolate yesterday's lack thereof for of, of success to say that it's going to happen for the rest of the season, but it wasn't promising, right? You you don't feel good moving with moving forward with that offense and its ability to keep up with higher scoring offenses throughout the rest of the season. Oh, I like I know. like yeah. when you have New England coming to town next week. I feel confident. You feel confident because yes. New England also laid a dud against Miami. Yes, and you'll be home. They don't even know who their offensive coordinator is. I don't think. No, I think Patricia that Patricia experiment came and went within the first quarter, first half of that game. So they're kind of a mess, and I don't think that Mac Jones has the— uh, Well, he got bang- banged up, too. Yeah, and I don't think he has the magic in him to, to, to even create keep this close like Joe Burrow it's not, or Or like a Tom Brady, who you can have a, a band full of misfits. Oh, he's definitely not that. He's not going to elevate guys Right, that's him. what he I'm saying. He needs to have a good team around him. And if he doesn't this year, and if you can stop the run, because I think that's what Belichick's going to try to do next week is try to run it down your throat— I think I feel really confident, but you're right. Then I mean, Miami when Buffalo, was able when you go to Buffalo right. or when Tampa right. comes to town, then you start to get a little bit worried that you know, hey, as good as the defense is, as elite as the defense may be this year, you kind of still got to score points uh-huh. to beat these. Teams. And you look ahead. I mean, before you get to Buffalo and Tampa Bay, when you face the Goliath like offenses, you look at Cleveland and, and and the Jets. The Jets, you should easily be able to take care of, especially from a defensive side of the ball. And then Cleveland, it took a missed field goal at, at, at the waning seconds of the game last or yesterday by Carolina for Cleveland to win that game. If if Carolina hits that field goal, it's Carolina's win. So 
Cleveland again. I mean, yes, I think they, Cleveland's the best offense they're going to face in these next. And these games, four though. games, three because the oh well, the, the, the Bengals the Bengals were the yeah. best one. Obviously, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you're <clears throat> it's the Patriots and the Jets who are yeah, bottom, 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 bottom of the barrel, and Cleveland who has the best running back one two punch in the game. This is Colin Coward from the Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. It was pretty clear who Mitch Trubisky's favorite targets were against the Bengals. Yes. 12 targets for Deontay Johnson to lead the team, and he had the most catches in the game, too, with seven uh, for 55 yards. Ten targets for Pat Fryermuth, five catches for 75 yards, and then third place was Chase Claypool, who had six targets. But as far as the distribution of snaps were concerned, Chase Claypool played the, mo- played the most of the wide receiver unit, 58 snaps, 92% of the snaps went to Chase Claypool. And then Fryermuth had 56 snaps, 51 for Deontay, and 45 for Pickens. So Pickens was out there 71% of the time, which that's checking out for a number three wide receiver. Sure, but, but they one didn't target. Really look for him, three targets, uh, one, one, catch, one catch, three sorry. yards on the catch. They and the did. one target that was missed was really, you were kind of stomping your foot at just because... That you brought him in to be that deep threat, or, or really you could do anything, but he's able to be that deep threat, and Mitch just sailed the ball. He had the extra step. There was a couple of plays where Mitch did that. Uh, yeah. Pickens, the Boykin throw. I don't know why Boykin was in there, but I, I did think like he, the Boykin throw though, because it really it was it was a fingertip. You think if it's ball. Chase, is that caught? Yes. Uh, maybe not Chase. Deontay for sure. Firemuth for sure. He's gobbling that up. Maybe if he has yeah. the speed. Deal, That's the there. thing is that you have to have speed, and I think Deontay could have gotten there if George, if that ball was as close to George Pickens compared to the one that was actually thrown George Pickens' way. I think Pickens makes that catch as well. No, but I I think and we had a caller on the post game show too that was a little confused with the utilization of George Pickens. You know, he had such a great training camp and a great um, preseason that. I think people were kind of hoping maybe you get a Jamar Chase here. Maybe you get someone who just takes the top off right away, and bam, you got a playmaker from week one. And I, maybe it was a little unfair of us to do that. You know, that hype train was going as fast as I've ever seen a hype train, and that can kind of be unfair to the actual player that you're overhyping, and that can kind of set some unrealistic expectations. And I'm not saying that he can't make a great impact and push for rookie of the year and be a factor on this offense, but – Maybe we should have been a little bit wiser than to think, oh, he's going to drop in from the clouds and lead the team in targets and get eight catches and go for 90 yards and have a touchdown. I mean, here's the thing, Tom. 
the opportunity could have been there, right? If that ball is placed in a more attainable catch radius for Pickens and he makes that catch, imagine what the league will be saying if that ball is placed where it needs to be and the Steelers have an 80 or a 75-yard touchdown catch by the rookie. Yeah, but so, then on top of that, he only had three targets otherwise. Well, so he's not. So that was the, not really no, you know used. a focal point yeah. of their offensive yeah. game plan. It was clear it was used tight end Fryermuth, used Deontay a lot on short routes, let him get a lot of yak, and then I, I assume they tried to run the ball and that just failed miserably. But you could see that number fourteen really didn't factor into their big game plans aside from the play you're talking about, which is I think you'll have that every game this year. Let's try to hit a home run with fourteen. Sure. And other than some other, you know, third or fourth options on on route trees. Yeah, the offense is going to be provide the offense's performance week in and week out, with some exceptions. I think will be under the under the radar or under the light, the limelight, a lot with a lot heavier of a of a viewpoint on it, or a lot heavier of a of a critique scale, right? Than the defense will be. One last thing I'd like to say about the offense before we hand out our MVPs of the game. I think it's ridiculous that we had people calling into the postgame show saying that Mitch Trubisky should be already out. benched. Kenny should be in. Kenny wins that game. Kenny, Kenny. And I love Kenny, so it pains me to over his head. But can we please just sit back and realize what we're doing here, people? Your favorite team, and I'm assuming it's your favorite team because you're calling into the postgame show, <laughs> just won season opener in the AFC Championship team's dojo from last year. And they did it in awesome Steelers butt-kicking fashion where they sacked the quarterback seven times and they turned the ball over a lot. Five times, yeah. Smash-mouth football. Oh, the Bengals are all about the star power and look at this high-powered offense. Well, we're just going to throw back AFC North football on them and we're going to be – a tougher team in the trenches, at least on the defensive side of the ball for sure. And you're complaining that the quarterback who didn't turn the ball over once got sacked once, who when the, it was on the line, instead of settling for a tie, was masterful at getting you into field goal range for another Boswell chance to win the game. Set up Boswell twice actually in the overtime for a chance mm-hmm. to win the game. You're going to get mad at that guy. That shows me that he's NFL ready and that shows me why he won the job. What did Tomlin say in his post-game presser when they asked him about Mitch? He didn't blink. Didn't blink. He didn't blink. That's why you went with Mitch. Kenny might not have blinked either, but you know Mitch isn't going to blink. Whereas Kenny, yeah, you did the two-minute drill in the preseason. Great. It looked great. This is Cincinnati. It's an overtime. you got to get us into field goal range, man. This game's going crazy. People are missing field goals all over the place. There's turnovers all over the place. The crowd's going nuts. They're up and down like a roller coaster. That's a lot to ask a rookie not to blink in. And Mitch wins the job because Tomlin knew he wasn't going to because he's been there, done that. I've played in playoff games before. Mm-hmm. I can do this. You know what would have been terrible is if, say, Tomlin just – say Tomlin was a man of the people always and said, oh, the fans want Kenny Pickett. Let's put in Kenny Pickett. Oh, well, if that was the case, he'd be fired a long time ago what, because the fans' decisions were ter- would well, be terrible well, more times well, than what that. What does that do? I mean, Mitch didn't blink, right? He, he, he set up the – he set up Boz to get two game-winning field goals. He got the second one. But he still led. He still led some drives in the in the overtime period. What do you do to Mitch's confidence if you pull him in week one after you win? Yeah, it's like hey, you won the game, but you didn't win it the way we wanted you to win it. So you're out now, kid. Like, how many times would the Steelers have had to pull Ben Roethlisberger if the Steelers got an ugly win 
every t- it, it, how many times, right? How many times would the Steelers have had to pull Ben Roethlisberger if Ben only got you an ugly win? Was this not? He would have had half the wins of his career if they decided this, to pull him. Was this not kind of just like a game where Big Ben absolutely a hundred percent? It reminded you completely of a Big Ben offense. Like you right? put together a couple scoring drives on offense, capitalized from your defense playing well. Uh, you keep the game close the whole way, and then you and then strike you s- at the end. And then, exactly, you 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 show up when it matters most at the very end of the game. At the very end of the game. Now, Mitch doesn't get a fourth quarter comeback because the Steelers were leading the entire, literally almost the entire portion of regulation. Until they were it was either tied. tied or leading. Yeah, until it was tied at the very end with like what two seconds left. Yes, at the very end of a, a regulation when and they then all the extra overtime. point. But he does get a game-winning drive. He does get a game-winning drive. So he got a game ball too. I know Tom said. He, I know all ball. the new guys got a game ball. But I mean, again, for for fans to call for Mitch's head and say Kenny's going to go in there, what would that have said about Mitch's confidence if if Mike said, uh, you know, I'm going to give the game balls to some new guys, but Mitch, you really didn't do as good of a job as some of the other new guys, so I'm not going to give you one. Do you think they gave Kenny a new ball too? Probably, I'm sure the Steelers <laughs> fans would have loved to see Kenny get a game ball. Well, speaking of game balls, everybody loves to come on the radio or podcast, whatever, on Mondays, hand out their game balls, hand out their MVP of the game. Who wants a ball, though, right? Like, these guys can afford balls. These they guys, want money. They want their paychecks. They want their money. They want their money. So we got some Monday money makers each day following a Steelers game. So a couple Tuesdays, maybe mm-hmm. a Friday, sprinkled in there, obviously. But for the most part, on Monday, we'll be handing out our money makers of the game. These guys get to cut in the front of the line for their paycheck when they get it this week following the game. And do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. You want me to go go first? first. All right, I'll go first. And I'll take the obvious just because I'm worried that you're not going to take the obvious. And I don't want to have this guy floating out on an island if I get creative here. But my Monday moneymaker is Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously. Teddy KGB, tell him what they need to do to that man. Pay that man his money. How could you go with anybody else, really? And I know you have to pick somebody else, but... That guy was the MVP of this game. Uh, if, if, if who TJ blocks Watt, an extra point to force overtime, right? If TJ Watt doesn't go down, we're sitting here just talking about, holy crap, this defense is great. But, oh, my God, the day that Minka Fitzpatrick had yesterday was the difference maker. He's responsible for eight points. Yes. Seven for the Steelers themselves mm-hmm. with a touchdown at Boswell, obviously taking on an extra point, and then taking one away from the Cincinnati I just think Bengals. it's hilarious how all last season said— Eight-point oh. swing on number 39. All last season people were saying, oh, Mika lost that big splash playability. Can't can't really— <laughs> can't, yeah. really can't really get involved anymore as, as, a, as a big game-changer. Well, guess what, Pittsburgh? Guess no, what? No Minka Fitzpatrick, no win yesterday. Agreed. And that's why he's my Monday moneymaker. Not only that, paying the money, but everything you did to give up to get Minka Fitzpatrick was worth the money. Was worth the money. You're telling me you wouldn't take a you wouldn't use a first round draft pick on Minka Fitzpatrick? Uh no, he just scored a seven points on Sunday. He just took a point off the board in the most crucial moment of the game for us. That's why you pay him at the time the highest rate for a safety in the NFL. And that's why he was deserving of it, because he can swing a game like that. So Easy choice for the Monday moneymaker. Who are you going to go with as yours, though? All right. Now you, now you got to reach deep. Now you got to line up the Oreos, Teddy. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what you got to do. Pay that man his money for Alex Highsmith. I like it. I, I you said you without the risk of being creative, so that we can make sure we give Minka his due. 
Alex Highsmith had his welcome to the NFL game yesterday. It took a long time. Yes, his his third year in the league, he finally really had a big career day. Three sacks and a forced fumble, a strip sack, one of them. But I, I think it wasn't something like we were, we were waiting for Bud Dupree for all those years when we were saying, finally, Bud Dupree arrives. This wasn't a long, this wasn't a super long waiting period. Alex Highsmith, you know, coming from a smaller school, was going to take a little bit longer than some guys coming from Power 5 schools. Like yeah, Bud there's Dupree. a learning curve there, for sure. Bud Dupree came from Kentucky. So a team in the SEC, that's some pretty good competition that Bud was facing week in and week out while he was uh, playing in college. Alex Highsmith coming from Carolina, you, ha- you had basically nobody. I we, we brought up this a lot when he was a rookie and then last year in his sophomore year. The, the best quarterback he faced as a college athlete was Trevor Lawrence against Clemson. How many times did he bring Trevor Lawrence to the ground? Do you remember? Was it three? Three, three times. times. The best the best quarterback competition he faced up against. And line. The and offensive, offensive line, line, for sure. And he got to the quarterback three different times. So you knew there was potential there with Alex Highsmith. And yes, there was worry that given his preseason inability this year, no preseason action whatsoever, sat out for most of training camp, most of those practices, but week one, he took advantage. That's that's what great defensive players do, right? Or great players in general. You take advantage when you know there's a mismatch coming. And I guarantee you next week, going up against that Patriots offensive line, yeah, Belichick is going to want to run the ball a lot, but given that they lost two of their starters from last year already, Alex Highsmith is going to say, hey, I, I know I know what I can do against weaker opponents. He's going to want to take Mac Jones to the ground. He's going to want to stuff Ramondre Stevenson or Damien Harris before they get to the line of scrimmage. So pay Alex. I know we really can't pay him, but he deserves. He gets to cut in, no, he gets to cut in the front of the line. He gets his yes. game check first. Minka yes. and Alex, congratulations. You get to cut in the front of the line as the Steelers' standards Monday moneymakers for week one. I love the Highsmith pick. You know, I thought you might go with Watt. Well, that's different because Watt is now the highest-paid defensive player in the league, right? I don't think you get the concept of the segment. I do. No, They're I do. They're all getting they paid all money. Get paid. We're not they... going to withhold paycheck. <laughs> you just get to get yours first. Can I tell you a sleeper pick, though? Yeah. I would have gone Pat Fryer with on the offense. Yeah. He he had some big catches. I might have gone Mitch on the offense. You got to stay. You got to have a, a calm pulse throughout all of that. You're like a, sh- a ship in the ocean in the middle of a bad storm. You just have to stay afloat and that's exactly what he did but that's also what pat did i mean well he was the best t- like, he was so clutch he was clutch. He, he was he that's clutch. what Heath always did right it was the clutch factor it was i'm gonna throw the ball to you and unless it was the worst thrown ball or the defender got there first i'm gonna make sure i catch the ball we're gonna take a look around the nfl in our last episode tons of great week one action we'll take a look at how the rest of the afc north did and we'll also tell you about the AFC and the NFC and all of the great action and preview the Monday night football game as well. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. And this has been the Steelers Standard. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? 
Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.